Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Thanks for listening tonight. As always, my name is Sandman, and I'm going to be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call parareality. Well, we're coming into the uh, getting rolling in on the season 17 of parareality. I can't believe I've been doing this for as long as I have. And I uh, got back in the co-host, Eric, from World We Live In Podcast. Woo, woo. What's going on? Man, good to have you back. Yeah, good to be back in the bunker. Um, I know, man. Yeah, been a couple months. Uh, um, longer than that. It's been a while yeah, since we've been able to work the schedule out. Yes. Yeah, it's... Uh, I feel like that's the way it goes. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. But um, but either way, it's good to, good to be with you. It's good to be... Good to be with you, man. It, you know, uh, it's not because your schedule is, I mean, your schedule's jacked up, but it's not as jacked up as mine. No, y- yours is the most jacked up yeah, I've seen yeah. of, of quite a few people. But that's changing. It is changing. You know, I'm finally, for the first time in my life, going to have a regular Monday through Friday job. That's crazy. That's <coughs> honestly crazy because we come from two different worlds. I mean, yeah, you've done the hardcore healthcare. Yeah, or hardcore, yeah. 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 So, yeah, being in, being in healthcare working like I do, we work a lot of long hours, like 12-hour shifts. But the the upside to that is you have more time off. But mm-hmm. the downside is you work longer hours when you are at work. But everything, it, nothing's regular. Everything is, it, your your schedule changes literally from week to week. And there, you know, there's weekends, holidays, all the other sorts of stuff. And it just doesn't coincide with someone who has a regular Monday through Friday, yeah, nine to five. But okay. that's gonna be me now. That's you uh, coming up uh, here pretty soon. Hadn't made the swap yet, but I'm looking forward to it. So that's gonna, yeah. you know, give us more more coinciding schedules so we can get you in the studio. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because I, I I really man, 
uh, when you're not here, I'm like, something's missing. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah. oh yeah, that empty chair over there. That's Who's where that Eric for? is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. you don't exactly. have the the red glowing microphone is not there. I know your famous red glowing microphone. Yeah, it's a nice one. It's it's cool. It is. You have the you have the best microphone of. I feel like I'm in a 1940s radio studio <coughs> or something. That's yeah. the whole idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. As you can see by the decor, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. very dungeon esque here in the very secret bunker. Yes. Yeah, there's like dust bunnies and yeah, cobwebs and basically an air raid shelter. Yeah, yeah, yeah from yeah. from the from the World War II era. Yes, yeah. yes. <clears throat> basically, we, we can't tell you where it's at though. No, because uh, it's secret. That yeah, that yeah. then it wouldn't be a secret bunker exactly. anymore. So, but anyway, Eric, it's good to have you back. I'm yes. glad to see you uh, back in the co-host chair. So, uh, what's what you been up to? Oh man, fill, it, um, fill us in. Fill us in. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, just okay. That's about enough of that. <laughs> Moving on. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. Really. We had, a, you know, had a good New Year. Um, spent time with some family. Uh, re-energized. Um, I am, uh, yeah, just working and um, coaching, coaching. Coaching soccer. soccer. Yeah, yeah, coaching soccer. So that's that's what I love to do. It's a side job currently. But as we were talking earlier, um, trying to make that uh, the main goal going yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. Can I just call you coach from now on? Is that yeah, that, is that well. acceptable? Yeah. So, yeah. Sandman and coach. Sandman and coach. Excellent. Let's do it. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's like a, a we could do it like a a cologne for men. Oh. Like a solid cologne with another like little tin. Is it Sandman and coach scent? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, I'm I'm glad that you're uh, you're you know getting to. To start living out your dream with coaching soccer, I know that's very important to you. Yeah, you know, like, and again. uh, Because you went to college on a soccer scholarship, right? Yes, I went on a partial scholarship uh, and played in college. Yeah. And, um, you know, like anything, it takes time to build up, you know, reputation. And I'm uh, only 27, so it's – I have to remind myself of that sometimes because it's easy to get caught up in – Oh, I want to be here. I want to be here. I want to yeah. do this, but mm-hmm. you know, you gotta you gotta take a step you back. Gotta prove yourself. Yeah. yeah. So, and uh, world we live in still going strong with you and Aaron. We are. Yeah, that's um, it's going good. We just had um, we've been deep diving into some conspiracies. Yeah, I've been listening. Yeah. So uh, we we actually I shouldn't say deep dive. It's more of a uh, I would say more of an overview. Um, it's a medium dive. It's a medium dive. Yeah, yeah. With shallow, shallow. Yeah, dive. shallow dive. Yeah. <laughs> So, but and yeah. I, I see our campaign to uh, get her a boyfriend was successful. It was successful. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So um, she owes me. I don't know what she owes me, but she yeah. owes me something. Probably, probably. I feel like she owes you a good steak or something. Oh yeah, yeah like, dude. Maybe like a rack of ribs, something like that. I'll take the steak. Let's take a steak. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I like a uh, cane prime downtown. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm sure she'll be she'll be thrilled yeah. to hear that. She yeah. makes plenty of money, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, plenty. she's like some big executive in the movie industry now, <laughs> yeah. right? Totally. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Not movie, music. 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 Yeah. Music, yeah. She does music stuff. Yeah. She she's does. a big executive with the with the music industry around yeah. here. Yeah. Like vice president of uh, yeah, VP of uh, B- VP of partnerships or something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. She's <laughs> it's fine. She owes me. Well, I'm I'm glad that things are going good with uh, where we live. And like I said, I've, I've been listening to your to your stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you have been taking a, a little dive into the conspiracy, dipping your toe in the conspiracy theory world. And I know you personally are a big conspiracy theorist. I, d- so I am. What's I am. your uh, What's your like conspiracy theory of the moment right now? Mm, man, that's um, that is a good question. So, 
always, always big into the Antarctica conspiracy theories. Oh yeah, um, that's my that's my main one at the moment. Um, another one that's been really interesting to me is: Have you heard of this one that's been going around uh, the Tartaria conspiracy? Mm, no. So, yeah, I'll try to just give a brief overview. So, so people claim that this there was this ancient advanced civilization that had um, some sort of free energy uh, device uh, and more of like an advanced civilization. Mm-hmm. And their argument is that if you go back to a lot of the uh, old buildings, it's like very complex architecture, especially in like... Um, especially in Europe and sort of around like Mm -hmm. Eastern Europe. Um, And so they claim there was this advanced civilization that was systematically, and I don't agree with, like a lot of conspiracies, I don't agree with the whole thing, but they think that it was systematically wiped out Mm -hmm. um, to basically sort of around like the origins of like the Tesla of Nikola Tesla, sort of his Uh free energy device and hiding that technology because you can't profit off free energy. Um, and so I'm, I've been kind of diving into the Tartaria. And it's nice. very complex. I do not know a lot about it, but it's an interesting idea that there was this advanced civilization okay. that was somehow... I had to look into that myself. Yeah, check it out. You know, I, I just did... Uh, my last episode was on the World Economic Forum Conspiracy Theories. Yes. Um, which, there's really not a lot. There's only just a couple. Yeah. But the mo- m- one main one that everybody seems to be focusing on mm-hmm. was um you know basically that uh wow i mean is it what would you expect it to be i mean for the world economic Forum? yeah yeah um well i'm kind of thinking one world government um maybe something to do with uh the great reset the great what, yeah, that's economic, that's what the yeah. that's what the the uh the main conspiracy theory yeah. is is the yeah. great the great reset like they're gonna um, use COVID-19 and a bunch of other mm. man-made viruses yeah. to basically reset the whole entire world with, you know, the rich being in their castles on the hill with, you know, gated community with the razor wire fences and everything, and the rest yeah. of us are all enslaved and indentured servants, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Same New World Order type type deal stuff. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the WEF is not... That's one of those conspiracies theories that's uh it's not as popular yeah. as as a lot of the others and it really didn't gain traction until the founder of the WEF uh wrote a a book is this Klaus Schwab Klaus Schwab he wrote a book and it, it had the the great uh post book titled COVID-19 the great reset and that was just a couple of years 3 years ago in 2020 yeah so that's when it really started that's when that great reset things came up and it's, it's really kind of hard to find a lot of uh, good information on the WEF as far as the conspiracy theory. Yeah. That as far as it goes, cause it's just basically a lot of the same things hashed over and over and over again. But yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting and I, I had to make an hour long podcast out of it and probably could have done 30 minutes on it, but I had to try to stretch it out. So yeah, the WEF is one of those things that's, j- it's just a bit sketchy to me. Well, yeah, it's like it takes on it takes on the um, it takes on the visual of a bunch of like uh, 
evil villains, like <laughs> trying to, you know, trying to yeah. control it. It unfortunately, and look, I'm sure there's some, I'm sure there's some people that their intentions are good, but when you talk about, uh, when you talk about, and I know a big topic of theirs is climate change, but when you talk about climate change, yet you fly in on a private jet. No, I can't take them seriously, even if they are trying and to help. Even if they're doing this stupid thing about, uh, you know, reducing their carbon footprint, I'm going to not do this and this and this and this so I can fly my jet and that reduces my carbon footprint. My car, get carbon credits or whatever. Like, yeah. Like yeah. what Al Carbon neutral saying. or whatever. That's just stupid. It's dumb. It is dumb. stupid. But, uh, yeah, so... That was that was my latest episode. Yeah, I, and I saw that come out. Yeah. yeah. So um, the WDF, I mean, it's like it, it kind of harkens me to the Bilderberg Group, the Trilateral sure. Commission, sure. Bohemian Grove. We got a bunch of rich people, like you were saying, they're coming in. Uh, they're staying at this place that is highly secure. They're meeting behind closed doors. Everyone knows that they are having these meetings, but – you know, they don't hide that fact, but what they do hide is what goes on in the meetings. Exactly. And when you've got all of these high-powered businessmen and politicians and, and millionaires, billionaires coming in, and they're meeting behind closed doors, and they're like, oh, well, we're not really going to tell you what we're talking about, but it's the World Economic Forum, so we're trying to fix the world economy or whatever. It's like, eh, that's, you know. That's sketch. Even if that's what they're doing, dude, it's still sketch. It's still exactly, exactly, exactly. So, but we digress a little bit. We digress. Yes. And speaking of conspiracy theories, that's really kind of what this show, this episode, is about. Gets gets into a lot of of it. Yeah. So we decided collectively that we were going to watch the latest Dave Politis documentary. And in case you don't know who David Politis is, he is a former uh, police officer and uh, detective who I don't know exactly, I cannot remember exactly how he got into um, looking at all of these unsolved cases, these missing, unsolved missing persons cases in national parks. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a series of books. And it was called Four, Missing 411. And uh, he wrote a series of books about the mysterious disappearances of these people. And he eventually wound up doing a documentary, Missing 411, which led to a second documentary, Missing 411, The Hunted, mm-hmm. which now he has, which just, just got released in 2022, towards the end of the year, Missing 411, The UFO Connection. Yes. yes. And... If you are familiar with David Politis and you have read any of his books or seen any of the documentaries, you are well aware that as each book and each documentary progresses, he is getting closer and closer to saying this is this, these are alien abductions. You know, he gets he, the 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 missing four one one hunted uh, the hunted documentary which was excellent really good really good he does everything <laughs> except say yeah these people were abducted by aliens and so he really he had nowhere else left to go yeah you're right and the except for ufo yeah and i think it's good to point out that his books 
were specifically cases that met certain criteria. Yes. 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 Every, every, everybody has to have um, these points. Yes. What, what does he call them? I got it written down somewhere. Uh, let me look through here. I think I may have like it written down somewhere. Case points or something. Mm. Something of that nature. Yeah, something like that. I'm, I thought I had it written down. But You'll no. find anyway, it. Anyway, so it, they are usually in national park areas. Mm-hmm. They're usually, the person usually is well familiar with the area that they're in, have been to that place multiple times, not just like once or twice, but like multiple, multiple times. Mm-hmm. Usually, um, they, did I say they were by themselves? If I didn't, they're, they're usually by themselves. Yeah. Or if they were with a group, they got separated from the group for one reason or another. Exactly. And it was, uh, they go missing on or very close to a body of water. Mm. And also, during the search for these missing people, when the times they do find recover the body, it's usually in an area that has been searched multiple, multiple times and they're just about to give up, and they just somebody just happens to be walking by the area that they've searched 20 times, and then there's the body laying obviously right there. Yep. And um, so, yeah, everybody has to – did I miss anything? I would just add that the uh, the, the if they have search dogs, they're not able to get any That's scent. right, there's yeah. There's no scent. And I think in, in, the, in this documentary, I think it was – I think they tried to – um, impress upon that point. Yeah, that they did. These dogs are so highly trained that if they're not able to pick up on a scent, something is very off. Yeah, at one point in this documentary, they they were using cadaver dogs. Exactly, because they changed it from a mm-hmm. you know search and rescue to a body recovery yep. thing, and they brought out the cadaver dogs and still had no Nothing. no success. That is so. It's so strange. Yeah. It's so strange, man. I uh, I heard somebody just to, to kind of drive home the point about how sensitive the smell for dogs are. Uh, I was talking to somebody one day and who was a, a dog trainer type yeah. person, an expert, whatever you want to call it. And I did not know this, but dogs, their sense of taste uh, is not as sophisticated as the human palate. Mm. And uh, I did not know that. But of course, their sense of smell is like a million times or whatever. Yeah. You know, however, however many more power, much more powerful it is than this. And the person was like, you know, imagine you know you come in to like Christmas dinner, and the food's cooking, and you can smell it, and it smells so good, and it activates your sal- salivary glands, you know, and then you can't, I can't wait to eat this food, and you taste it, and the food tastes so good. Well, the dogs are not necessarily like that. They're not going to taste the food, and it tastes so good. But she said, imagine not being able to taste the food and it tastes, you know, excellent. But imagine being able to smell every single ingredient that's going into the preparation of food. (laughs) And that is what the dogs can do. That's yeah, that's pretty insane. Yeah. I've heard something very similar. Yeah. So you put it into perspective like that and you're like, Wow. wow, you know, so if you have a cadaver dog who goes through hours and hours and hours and dare I say probably years of training. Yep you know, who can't pick up on a scent. They're and, literally not smelling anything. Yeah, then like something nothing. something's going on. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's what we're we're doing tonight here on yes. this episode is we're we're going to break down the David Politis missing four one one UFO connection documentary. So there are several cases, and we'll just like, um, yeah. So oh, he calls them profile points. I knew I had it written profile down somewhere. Points, yeah. yeah, the very first thing I wrote down. Nice. And I'm looking all through my paper, and I can't find. <laughs> yeah. The very first thing I wrote down: profile points. So, ninety-seven percent of cases, they, the the canines can't find a scent trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also one thing we didn't mention. When there's some sort of weather event that's associated with yes. that. There's a like uh, snow, storm, fog, something, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's either happens as the person disappears or right after they disappear, or during the search for them. It's some sort of weather event. Um, and uh, let's see, the third, one of the other points was that the bodies are found in an area that uh, has previously been searched multiple times, and then the missing people disappear near or on, you know, close to a body of water. Yep. Yeah. So those are all the, the uh, quote-unquote plot points. So in this first case that he talks about, now I want to say this. Now, I said at the start that he has been so far with everything that he's done moving towards this UFO alien abduction type thing, and he really didn't have anywhere else to go except for this. So with this documentary, I will say I think that in – some of the areas that he really is stretching, he's reaching here mm. to make these connections. But at the same time, he does bring up some very, very good points. You know, that, that song, Things, Things That Make You Go, hmm? Yes. Yeah. He does. So he, he, he does have some good points. So this first case is of Ray Salmon, S-A-L-M-E-N. So he disappeared... Uh, somewhere on Harrison Lake in Vancouver, British Columbia. So this guy was an avid outdoorsman. He was an avid hunter, fisherman, camper. He'd been going to that place for 20 years, like once a year at least Crazy. for 20 years. So he'd been there at least 20 times. So uh, he had a truck camper. He had a little uh, a little boat, what do they call those? Like a dinghy type thing? Yes, uh, yeah. Oh, a Zodiac. Zodiac boat, yeah. yeah. So he had he had a camper. He had a Zodiac boat. He had plenty of provisions in his camper, plenty of food, water, and more than one weapon. He had apparently a sidearm and mm-hmm. uh, a, a rifle. Yep. Uh, so he had uh, he usually went with his, I guess it was his girlfriend or whatever, for this trip he went by himself Yep. and uh, went missing. And they found his... <laughs> his truck and his camper step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Locked up, which was unusual, and the dogs were locked up inside that. And according to his uh, fiance girlfriend, she said that he would never leave the dogs in the camper because he took them wherever he went. Mm. But it, that was one of the things I was thinking about. I was like, oh, God, did the dogs disappear too? But no, the dogs were left behind, which is really weird. Why would he, like, go out and do anything? Yeah. You know, even if he was just, like, checking something out. Exactly. You know, nothing was out of place in, in the truck or the camper. Everything was, like, where it should be. I think uh, some of his medication was even left in the camper. Mm. Uh, and uh, so they had this search and rescue team come out to try to find him, and the weird thing about it was that almost immediately the emergency response team from the Royal Canadian Mounted Police showed up, and these people are, like, armed, like SWAT, to the teeth yeah. armed. Yeah, it's like a SWAT team. Yeah. So why would you have – and what, it never went, what he never delved into with that was, like, who called those people? Yeah, and they um, they they had David uh, brought on an ex Royal Canadian yep. Mounted Police this woman, and she um, she said uh, basically they were there for unknown circumstances. Yeah. So like they're there in case something was weird, or in case something would happen, because I think he had shot at a car or something. They think it was him that they shot think, at a car. Yeah, they don't know, but they someone mm-hmm. had shot out the headlights of a car. Yep. Um, so he, he had a friend that uh, they were supposed to go looking for yeah. uh, old gold mines. Mm. Just, I guess, to go, like, urban exploring. And he was supposed to pick the friend up, like, the next day. Yep. And that night, the guy heard three shots coming from somewhere, which is the... That's the, if you're lost SOS. in the woods and you have a weapon, that's the SOS sound. Now, I, I will tell you this. Um, I grew up in southeast Alabama, so I, I was hunting and fishing with my dad from a very early age and everything. Yeah. And um, my dad grew up on a farm. He was an avid outdoorsman. He would rather be out hunting, camping, and fishing than he would have <laughs> done anything else. Yeah. Uh, he lived for that. And he taught me a lot about the woods and and uh, stuff like that. But one thing that he never, ever mentioned to me was that if you get lost in the woods, fire three shots up in the air mm. as an SOS. Now, I, I'm not saying, you know, someone doing that is suspicious or anything like that because this is not the first time. I mean, in his other documentaries, people have said the same thing. Yeah. You go missing in the woods, you fire three shots up in the air, and, and you wait for someone to come find you. Um, I'm just saying that I, that's always been, to me, that's always been news. I'm like, I've never heard that. And I grew up 
in the woods, <laughs> yeah. you know, literally going out in the woods hunting and, and, and camping and everything. And uh, I wonder if that's was, more of a Western survival. Or maybe up in the north because, yeah. you know, a lot of these things take place out in the Midwest and the north. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. Or maybe it's just maybe maybe it's maybe it's common knowledge and my dad didn't know it, so I didn't get taught it. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it could be something could be something that simple. But yeah, so they never went. The documentary never went into who called the emergency response to the ERT in, and the guy who was the friend that said he heard the three shots. It just ended with with that. They never went into well. Did you go looking for somebody? Did you think you know? It just said, yeah, I heard, heard three shots. Yeah. And then you never heard from this guy anymore, you know? Yeah. So um, that was, I wish they would have been investigated that a little bit further. I would love to know who called the ERT to come in. Yeah. And one of the things that um, uh, the, the search and rescue team member mentioned was the fact that uh, people had seen UFOs in the area before. And so had Salman and his yeah. girlfriend. They had seen a yeah. UFO one time camping. And the, the, the search and rescue guy said that um, a lot of the UFOs were seen and a lot of the weird occurrences that happened were around places where there was gold mines and stuff. Mm. And they never expounded on that either. Just well, a, I mean, that goes back to the uh, was Zachariah Sitchin and the Anunnaki. Anunnaki, they need, they needed gold for their atmosphere. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, you've heard it before. So yeah, the UFO that, connection. Could that's. Be, yeah. I don't know. I wish they would have would have gone in on that. So there was a yeah. couple of things there that he could have gone in on sure. a little bit further that he didn't. Uh, but one of the common things was that they found, uh, and this happens a lot, is that they found the guy's rifle. Uh, and his clothes that were the clothes were like folded up uh, under a log about 400 yards from the campsite, mm. and then they found his pistol in a completely different location, like up the side of a mountain, like totally different location completely. And if you look at the the map where they were showing it, his camper is all the way on the left, where they found. The rifle and the clothes is almost in a straight line to the right, and then they find the pistol up the side of a mountain, which if you connect the dots, it forms a triangle. Yeah. Which that has to do with a lot of stuff that, that we're talking about. Yeah, and it, it wasn't like a uh, it wasn't like an obtuse triangle. It was mm-hmm. like a very if you picture a triangle, <laughs> this is what it looked yeah. like. Yeah. 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 And a lot of uh, a couple of the cases that we'll talk about had triangles. Had triangles. UFOs, so. yeah. yeah, and the the government uh, basically said, "Well, we think this guy drowned. Something happened to him. He was injured, and he was trying to swim back to his yeah. His that, campsite, that's a load of bullshit. Which is in which, my is, which is bunk. Yeah, no one, yeah. Jump, no one jumps in the water if they're hurt." I mean, especially a, a unless something was chasing him, and you know, yeah. what if you know, a bear was chasing him or something? And he jumped in the water to try to get away from the air. But you know, they they searched the water and they yeah, never found anything. Exactly. Like professionally searched. Yeah, the, the water. wife brought in an outside resource. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And she actually helped them search, and they found nothing. Nothing. So, what we have 
in this very first case is something that meets a lot of the plot points, which was he was an experienced person, had been to this location many times before, was near a body of water Mm -hmm. by himself, never did find him, but they found items of his in complete, way completely different locations. Exactly. And one of the things that his uh, fiance or whoever, wife, girlfriend, whoever she was, was adamant about was that he would never leave his weapons just lying around, you know, like abandon them out in the dirt. Yeah. And this guy was an experienced outdoorsman, hunter, fisher, camper, all that sorts of stuff. Yeah. So we start off here with something that's very intriguing, very much like the other two documentaries that this guy has. Yeah. And then things start to get weird. <laughs> they escalate. They escalate yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So then he starts bringing in what, what he calls the elk connection. Mm. And he starts talking about uh, this group of loggers. They were Hispanic loggers who were somewhere in, in Washington State, and they watched a UFO abduct an elk. They say there's a group of wild. group yeah. of elk that was out in the field or whatever, and they were just all standing still. And this weird, very, very small UFO came, and the elk bolted. They started running for cover all except for this one elk, and the thing hovered over him, picked him up with like some sort of like invisible tractor beam, yep. started flying off and basically hit a tree or some shit like that. And... uh was it the the not the MUFON guy, but the other guy, the uh, National UFO Reporting yes. Agency or whatever yes. that consists of one dude? <laughs> he came out and, and investigated, and they found what they thought was the carcass. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Said it, said it hadn't been shot, no bullet holes. Right. Said teeth were like intact. Mm-hmm. It had obviously been dead. Um, right. But yeah, they they said. Whoa. And then another another interesting point was that the people who saw this were they were Hispanic. Yeah. And they didn't they didn't speak English. Um, but they said they had it brought in a translator from MUFON and um he said that they seemed pretty terrified. Yeah. They said like, they they said they were terrified that they they thought they were Gonna get like gonna get, get, yeah. get abducted. <laughs> yeah. Some of them didn't go back into the to the area exactly. ever again, and everything. Exactly. But so I'm thinking, what the hell does this have to do with anything? You it, know, it was a weird one because, yeah. um, yeah, it's like this. It's like this UFO is just like playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we start talking about the chronic wasting disease, yeah. and which. Back in the late 80s, mid to late 80s, there's this epidemic called mad cow disease, yep. which is the chronic wasting disease. Yeah. So this was in bovine. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, I mean, this was like a real deal, horrible thing where in the UK they slaughtered like 4 million cattle just because they had this disease because there's no cure. Once you get it or once the, once the cow gets it, that's it. They're dead. They yeah. just basically they waste away. Doesn't matter how what they eat or what they do, what medicines they take, anything. They just basically waste away. And at first they were like, "Oh well, this can't um, be passed to humans, so don't worry about it." And then they were like, 
oh, we made a mistake. It can be passed to humans. So mm-hmm. that was the reason for slaughtering all these cattle. Exactly. And so it is now, it has now made the jump to uh, deer and elk. Yeah. And it is a legitimate. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, I guess you could say epidemic that's going on in the deer and elk population, especially out in, in the Midwest. And I know that it's creeping its way eastward. Mm. Uh, I've seen signs when I go uh, back to Alabama from here, I've seen billboards out on I-65 South. Oh, really? It's like keep chronic wasting disease out of Alabama, mm. blah, blah, blah. And it basically is telling excuse me, hunters, you know, to report stuff or, or whatever. Wow. So this is a this is a thing, and this isn't something that he's just grasping no. straws at. I mean, this is an actual actual thing. Um, so what's the connection here to UFOs with this? With the disease? And the elk. And the elk. And the, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, on one, of the, on one of the other cases, the they talk about how this one man got abducted and the alien told him that they were down there to collect food. Mm-hmm. He said they collect elk and deer and then they go to the oceans and collect fish. And then, um, and that's kind of that. And there's more that happens. I'm sure you'll go over, but um, that was one thing that was weird to me. And then I couldn't tell if he was drawing a link between the aliens and the disease and yeah. the wa- I don't know and the water because I'm not I'm not sure. How, do you know how chronic wasting disease gets into the animal? I I don't. Yeah, I haven't I haven't sure. researched it. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it's got to be water. I'm, right? uh, I'm sure it's something that's that's pretty easily yeah spread. Like it could be airborne mm. or uh, I don't I don't know. It yeah, could, I don't know vector borne. I I don't know. Yeah, I have no I I, I need to look into it. That was my that was my only thing with that. It would they I just didn't understand the connection that he, and maybe there was no connection. Maybe they were just mentioning it. Well, it, why would you bring up yeah. in a UFO abduction yeah. documentary elk? Yeah. Well, it, he didn't do a good job explaining that. You, you we had to kind of he waited until like towards the end of yeah. the documentary before he like connected those dots. But if you were paying close attention you would have connected them before that, yeah. but you had to be paying really close attention. It's easy to look back now after you've seen it and go, oh, yeah, okay, I see what where he was headed with all this. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you're like, this makes no sense. So this was a, to me, this was one of the areas where he is really stretching here to make this connection between elk, chronic wasting disease, UFO sightings, and alien abductions. It's 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 just a. I'm not saying that there can't be anything to it, 
but it just seems like he was like he was really stretching out here and taking mm-hmm. a little bit of liberty, you know. But you know, he is an investigator. I mean, that's what he did for a living. And these and, are unexplainable. And he still we does it, early. you know. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm not knocking him. You know, maybe he is seeing something there that's ob- very, very obvious to him that f- for the untrained person, we just don't get it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, so I, I don't know what your take on that is. Yeah, I, I think I think the take I came to is um, there's it's it's a commonality among all these sightings is the wildlife. Yeah. And similar to the documentary about the hunted, that was another another thing. It tied all the cases together. It was always wildlife. Yeah. Like they were always They were always hunting something yeah, or exactly. on some sort of hunting trip. Yeah. And instead okay. of the and instead of the humans being the ones who were hunting, the humans became the ones that were being hunted. hunted. Yeah. That's that's Okay. Yeah, so So from the elk thing, we move on to another case that he calls the Idaho Triangle, mm-hmm. which is a group of, of hikers, campers, hunters who were, uh, they were out in a remote wooded area on a hunting and camping trip, and they wound up seeing this triangle UFO slowly, like, glide up the side of the mountain um, early in the morning before the sun came up. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was, like, not late night. This was in the early morning. The sun wasn't out, so it was, you know, they say it's dark just before the dawn, so it was really yep. pitch black out there, and they saw this huge football field-sized triangle UFO with these lights on it that was completely silent, and it basically went up the side of this mountain. Now, these guys, none of these guys got kidnapped None of them went missing. None of them were abducted or anything. They just happened to be in an area, and they all saw this event, and it yes. freaked them out. Yes. And I, I don't think they've been back to that area since, have they? No, they said they never went back. Yeah. And it was it was like one guy was out. I don't know. what I can't remember what he was doing, but he was out of his trailer or his camper, and he saw this thing and then as he saw this thing one of the other guys walked out yeah. of the camper yeah. and like interrupted something yeah. that might have happened that at least that's what they yeah. were saying yeah, yeah yeah that's that's what the guy was like yeah. you know maybe it was coming after me i don't know or whatever yeah. but nobody got abducted from this no. or anything but what really it, it and, and once again this is one of those things where you don't know what is going on why is why are they talking about this but oh. What makes the connection was that in the very first documentary that Politis did, Missing 411, the very first person he talked about was this kid, a little kid, I think he was like five years old, yeah. uh, named uh, Dior, mm-hmm. uh, Dior Kuhn. Yep. And he went missing in that exact same area where those dudes were, exactly. but just a little bit east. Yep. And that's also in the same area where this guy named Ray Jones disappeared, and he went missing in that same area uh, 53 years ago. Mm-hmm. So like in 1970, 1969, yeah. 1970. Yeah. And uh, he was missing 
for 53 years, and they didn't find his body until last year in 2022 in an area that had been searched many times. And what puts these cases together is that, once again, if you take where those dudes saw the Triangle UFO and you plot that on a map, Mm-hmm. And then you go east to where, or yeah, you 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 go east of that to where uh, Dior Coons was. It's almost a straight line east to where Dior Coons was, and then you connect the dots to where Ray Jones disappeared, and it's up above those guys. And if you make the dots, it is a triangle. And again, a, a very straightforward triangle. Uh, not, yeah, not some yeah. crazy. It's another triangle. Yeah, obtuse triangle. Yeah. And so what's the deal with seeing triangles and triangle UFOs and, and all this? I, I couldn't tell you. Don't know. And it's, it's something that uh, he never really, maybe he's saving this for another documentary. I don't know. But he never tried to delve into the connection between seeing triangle UFOs and having a triangle of disappearances on a map. Yes. Which... Uh, is a is something that I would love for him to to dive into. I agree that would be fascinating. But I wonder if that guy that first saw that triangle UFO in the uh, the Idaho Triangle case, I wonder if he wasn't about to get taken. That's what it seemed like, and that's what he I think expressed that if the other guy hadn't popped out of his camper, something would have. As some of these people, like like the Christian Dior, or excuse me, the the Dior Coons case, mm-hmm. uh, he was with his parents, and obviously, I think he was like five years old. Like I said, he was with his parents hiking, and he just like they lost sight of him for basically just a second, and he just, just a few minutes, and he yeah. was gone. Yeah, you know, and so it could have been the same thing with this guy. He was outside just for a few minutes, and the here comes the UFO. Yeah, you know, but you know the the on the. The Orkoons case, his parents didn't see a UFO. You know, <coughs> none of the other people that I can remember in his other documentaries reported seeing a UFO. Yeah, as far as I can remember, no. The other documentaries hinted at a more of a, uh, more of maybe some sort of interdimensional. Yeah, some some paranormal yeah. type thing. Uh, interdimensional Sasquatch jumped out and grabbed them or they (laughs) got sucked into a vortex or something Something, like that you know something very uh, skinwalker ranchish yeah he but he's always flirted on the on the fringes of something paranormal is is going on here and like i said he's pretty much painted himself into a corner where Mm. he has to address this now which is what he's attempting to do with uh 411 the ufo connection exactly so from that case we move on and he starts talking about um, Carl Higdon. Yeah. This is the guy. This is a weird one. Yeah, that he, he was uh, out on a tr- hunting trip by himself in October of 74 in the uh, Medicine Bow National Forest area in Wyoming. And he said he saw some elk in a field and was like, aha, there's my elk. But they were just standing there like they were frozen, like mm-hmm. like a, uh, a 
uh, glitch in the matrix type deal. Yeah, this you know? is the creepiest one. Yeah. yeah. So he starts, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to shoot this one. So he takes aim with his rifle. He shoots it, and the bullet hits some sort of invisible type force field. Now, he was able to recover this bullet, and it looks like, I mean, obviously it hit something because something, the yeah. it is smashed flat. Yes. You know, and it's not like... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. A bullet would look if it tore through flesh and bone and tissue and all that sorts of stuff. Because I've seen that, you know, from my days of hunting. Yeah. Uh, So this looked like it, like, might as well have shot it into some steel wall or something. It, I mean, it, it was it, 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 just it, smashed. And I'm surprised that the dude was able to find this bullet in his field. I know, right? But uh, I couldn't tell if that happened before or after the abduction, though. It, it to me, it was happened before the That's abduction. That's what I thought as well. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he sees some weird dude in a completely black suit, kind of like a uh, skin suit for diving. Yeah. The dude only had one hand, but the hand was like cone-shaped and had a pointy end on it. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, yeah very, very, strange. very weird thing. And the, and the guy was like, uh, hey, are you hungry? And he's like, yeah. So <laughs> some pills levitated over to him, and he took one, and then the next thing you know, he wakes up in this UFO. And what did he say the name of that guy was? Oh, the guy told man. him his name. Was, I did not write it down. Yeah, something like, it started. I think it started with an A. It was like Arso or... Azo or something. I don't know. Something very weird. But uh, one of the other things that he saw was like a uh, glass cube floating in the air, kind of like something you'd see off the Predator where you can see the, you know, where it's cloaked or whatever. I think that's what distracted him. I think that was the ship. I think it was as well, yeah. He got put in the ship, and there's the dude, and these five elk are in this cube, and they take off, and they go to the dude's planet, and they run some tests on him and say, oh, you're not what we're looking for. We're going to take you back. Yeah. And basically, the guy said, I think that they brought me back because I'd had a vasectomy. Yeah. I mean, again, you hear this from other alien abduction. They People claim that the reason humans are being abducted is because we can provide, well, females can provide eggs and men can provide sperm. Yeah. And that this, the, well, whoever is abducting us, um, cannot procreate anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so they have to use us. Yeah. But 
I, I don't had, necessarily believe it, but that's what you hear. But if yeah. if if you've had a vasectomy, it doesn't mean you can't produce the sperm. Your body still makes sperm. It's just that the passageway for yeah. them to exit the the manufacturing plant yeah. <laughs> has been cut off. <laughs> it's kind of a funny one, right? Because you, you are correct. Like, you still produce sperm, right? Yeah. You would just have to have it invasively taken yeah. <laughs> out. You couldn't, you couldn't get a hand job from an alien. Exactly, because exactly. it, it, yeah. it, it yeah. wouldn't, I mean... You know, you get a hand job, but the desired result for the alien's point of view would not be attainable. Not what he's looking for. But you look at at so but but look, man, they harvest eggs mm. from females, right? Mm. You don't like finger bang uh, a That's woman exactly, yeah. and she squirts out eggs, right? Yeah. You know, so they have to go in and they have to to get the the eggs from the from yeah. her. So how come they can't do that? To how, the same thing could be very well done with a guy. Yeah, I agree. So the fact that he said, "Well, they sent me back because I had a vasectomy." Um, to me, if you're looking at the whole alien abduction thing, yeah. as far as Procreation goes, mm. it kind of falls flat. Mm. Now, once again, this is where Politis is taking a little bit of a stretch, and he's working this into his theory, which I understand you got to have a it's, – it's a hypothesis right now. You know, it's part of his hypothesis is maybe these people are being taken because they need to harvest their DNA. Yeah, is, is their 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 sperm or their eggs or something like that. Mm. So, but I think he's taking it once again. You know, he's got to have you got to have something to do form your hypothesis on. Sure. It's a it's a good working hypothesis, uh, but I think it falls flat in the fact that I, I, if if these people can take eggs from women, I'm feel pretty sure that they can take sperm from men without having to, you know, give them a hand job. Yeah, and I personally. I've, I know, you know, I've, I've read a lot about alien abduction cases and people, yeah. you know, saying, oh, well, they needed me for, you know, my reproductive case capabilities and all of those sorts of stuff. But I, I don't ever remember hearing or reading any case about some dude getting a hand job from an alien and, you know, them putting it in a Petri dish. Yeah, I agree with you. I've, I've heard some cases of, um, mostly. Sex- I've heard some cases of sex with aliens. Sex yeah, with some aliens, hot yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've never heard of, and it doesn't mean it doesn't hasn't happened. I'm yeah. just saying I personally have never seen or read or heard of something like that. You know, alien hand jobs. Yeah, yep. and I would I would say they wouldn't need to do it. Yeah, I would. They just stick a needle in the old waywos there, and harvest your your boys. And, yeah, and there we go. Because if exactly. they can do it to women, I'm sure they can do it to men. Yeah, you would, I mean, you would think so. Um, and again, they that is us expanding. They don't yes. they don't address that. No, in, they, they don't. They only talk about the vasectomy, and then that's where yeah. they draw the line. So, and you know, there's also the the anal probing. You know, people get stuff rammed up their buttholes all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, none of that. Yeah, this, but the. Um, yeah, this this one was this one was a weird one. Um, have you have you have you delved into any of the uh, Glimmer Man? Have you 
heard of these stories? These I've heard of the Glimmer Man stories. I haven't Glimmer really done any yeah. deep dives into the Glimmer Man thing, but I'm I'm familiar with. This reminded me of the Glimmer Man yeah. sightings, only in not the abduction part, but the uh, the visual part. Okay. As far as like the cube, uh huh. Um, you know, because Glimmer is kind of like it's representing a sort of uh, see through. Kind of like you know what I just realized. I hate to interrupt you. Yeah, no, what's wrong? What are you doing right now? Me? Yeah. Nothing. There's some rattling or something that's going on on your desk. I oh, can right. hear it. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing, but it's like totally silent now. Now, now there it goes. It's like in the background. It might be shaking. It might be weird. Okay. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Um, no, I was just saying that the, um, yeah, the, it remind the the see through cube or whatever it was reminded me of the Glimmerman sightings, just okay. in, in the sense that like it was in the forest. Yep. A lot of the Glimmerman is like in the forest, um, in trees. In or trees, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, well, some similarities there. This this guy. Regardless of whether this is similar or not, um, this guy definitely was, as far as I'm concerned, kind of a credible witness because he seemed to be a very no nonsense yeah. guy, you yeah, know. And he is the one that said, I think they returned me because I had had a vasectomy. That is true. He said and that. Politis he said that. Politis did not pick up on that. Yeah, and, yeah. and, but he ran with it, he you did, know. Yeah. So, this guy, uh, what was his name, uh, Carl Higdon, this happened in 74. So this was a long time ago. This was almost 50 years ago. And this guy still remembers it like it was yesterday. Yeah. So, I mean, this was something I would think that if he were just making this up for whatever reason, I would think that you wouldn't remember the details that well. You know, he obviously had something that happened to him that affected him mm. still to this day. Yeah. You know, and he drew pictures and he all did. this other sorts of stuff. Yeah. And, and, um, also the thing about his lungs. Yeah. He had tuberculosis he had scars. Tuberculosis scars. Yeah. And then they did a full medical exam on him after he got returned and his tuberculosis scars were gone. Now, that was interesting. Strange. So, one. Okay, so let's 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 do some more hypothesizing here. <laughs> yeah. If the aliens had the technology uh-huh. to make his tuberculosis scars go away in his lungs, whatever it was they did, how come they couldn't stick a needle in his nuts and harvest some sperm? Yeah, See, you're that, right. Uh, it, that's the problem that I have with this. And yeah. like I said, this wasn't you. You were right. This wasn't P- Politis picking up on this. This was the other guy. This was uh, 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 Carl Higdon. Um, He's the one that said that, but Politis definitely ran with this thing, and I think he's trying to use it to. And maybe, you know, maybe there was something else wrong with him. Maybe they did they didn't keep him because he had bad lungs. I don't know. Yeah, you, you never uh, know. Maybe they were looking for something else. Um, Could have been. Maybe they were like, look, if we're gonna. If we're, if we're going to take this guy up, we might as well, you know, clear up his lungs for him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Give him a few more years. Yeah, we're going to, yeah, yeah, I don't, gonna, know. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Tuberculosis scars did to people's lungs, but. Well, I mean, it, 
it definitely affects your ability to breathe and everything, yeah. but um, I wouldn't think that it would long term. I don't, I don't yeah. know, you know, but still, yeah. he doesn't have them anymore. So, nope. but that was, that was to me um, so credible with that guy. Um, but once again, that's another example, I think, of, of Politis kind of stretching the mark here, you know, uh, reaching out. But once again, he's got a hypothesis, and, you, you know, that's one of the things that you do is you kind of, you know, s- sometimes your hypothesis is dead on, and sometimes you got to stretch for it. So, yep, yep. you know, and that moves us to uh, basically the last case that he talks about, which is Mark Strittmater, who um, – disappeared pretty much in the same area in Medicine Bow National Forest that Carl Higdon disappeared in, uh, except this happened uh, in October of 2019. So you're talking about, what, 50-something years or so? Basically. Uh, to the day almost in the same area mm-hmm. that Carl Higdon disappeared. Uh, this guy was a 15-year veteran outfitter. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details or big game in the area. I don't know what that is. Uh, uh, maybe a, a hunting guide or something like yeah, that. Yeah, an outfitter is like a, like a um, guide type of thing. But he went missing in a snowstorm. Mm. And uh, his his phone, his medications were found in his truck, locked up. And uh, there were no, like, um, his his... Girlfriend, wife, whoever, um, actually went out, and when he didn't return, yeah, uh, she she was calling him, texting him, couldn't couldn't get hold of him, so she knew the area where he was in, and just by happenstance found his truck, yep. and there was like twelve feet of snow or whatever. She had to dig her way into the truck and get in. His phone, his meds, and all that were found in there. Mm. No, they couldn't find any footprints or anything because obviously, I guess the snow had covered him up. But this was the guy that had been in that area for – he was out elk hunting, by the way. So that's what uh, Higdon was doing. He was out elk hunting. The guys in the Idaho Triangle case were out elk hunting. The first guy that we talked about, uh, Ray Salmon, he was not elk hunting, but he was an elk hunter, So and he had a rifle. So maybe he – was doing some impromptu elk hunting whenever he died. So now you start seeing where he's bringing in these elk. You know, now that I think about it, I'm surprised he didn't touch, and it might have just been a time issue. 
I'm surprised he didn't touch on any of the uh, cattle mutilations or wildlife mutilations that you hear. Because apparently, apparently there's some new stuff going on with cattle mutilations yep. out west, like very mm-hmm. recent. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm, su- I'm, not, I'm thinking, I'm surprised he didn't touch on that. Yeah, I don't know because I mean you hear you hear about mutilation cases and it's um, it's very precise. Like Mm. certain parts of the animal, very surgical, very surgical. Yeah, just like taken out surgically. You know, in his second documentary, The Hunted, um, I don't recall. uh, Now it's been a minute since I've seen it, but I don't recall him specifically saying or anybody that he interviewed specifically saying what these people were hunting whenever they disappeared. Mm. So I'm wondering if those people, if you could go back and, you know, check it yeah. out, if those people, how many of them were, were big game hunting, elk hunting big game. or deer. I remember something. one. Yeah. I remember one specifically, they were out. They were now that they, they were separated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was in Wyoming. They were separated and two of the guys had gone hunting while the other one stayed back with the camper and everything. And he was the one that ended up disappearing. Get, getting yeah. disappearing. And then there was another one that was like five hunters. I think this was in New York. And they were hunting deer, I believe. And one of the guys, they weren't separated, but they were like in the woods, like 100, 100 yards from each other. Kind yeah, of they got posted out. out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This was the old man, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they heard this, this like really loud pop. And then, dude's never, gone. Never found. Yeah. Him. Well, you know, deer and elk. Um, I don't know how close they're related on the DNA scale, but yeah. I mean, they're pretty damn similar. They, I mean, they look know? similar. And if you factor in this chronic wasting disease thing, that is affecting the deer population as well. So, I don't know. Maybe you've got. Yeah. Maybe there's maybe there's something to it. But I, I, I once again, you know. It, He's grasping at straws, but and I mean, I think he even realizes that it's um, pretty far fetched out there. I think so, but there's it's so unexplainable that like he needed something He's to have tie some, it together. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just it's just what are you looking rando. at? Rando, yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things that he did say about this Mark Strittmater guy was that he did not have a vasectomy. He asked the fiance, yes. did he have a vasectomy? And she was like, no. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, Higgin, uh, Higdon didn't have – he had a vasectomy, and he got returned. Exactly. So I don't know. You know, you're – Did you catch the part about the German descent? Well, that's what I was about to bring okay. up here. So we have all of these cases that we've kind of connected, but here's here's something that they have in common. Some of some of them have more of these things in common than others, but they all have a couple of elements of these. Number one, all the people in this documentary were hunting elk. Yes. Or were elk hunters. Uh, if you plot the locations of the missing Wyoming hunters on a map, it follows the progression of the chronic wasting disease in the elk and deer population, how it's spreading. Um, all the disappearances were in close proximity to Warren Air Force Base, Saw which that. is yep. some, you got some conspiracy theory stuff going on with aliens and UFOs at Warren Air, Air Force Base. And the last thing was that 
all of these people were of uh, German heritage and, you know, in their family somehow. So they were of German descent. Once again, um, something interesting, I don't know how viable that is, but it is, I mean, if it happens once, what what's the old saying? If it happens uh, yeah. once, it's a coincidence. If it happens twice, or uh, fool me once, like, shame on. There's a fool me yeah. once, you know, shame on shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But there's something else about if it if it happens once, it's it's you consider it like an accident or something like that. If it happens twice, it's a coincidence. And then if it happens a a third time, there's it's, it's a pattern or something like that. I can't remember what the saying is, but I mean, so there's got to be something. You know, um, well, I'm not going to say there's got to be something to it. That would be, I think that wouldn't be the correct thing to say, but it's definitely an interesting point. Once again, uh, maybe he's stretching here, but I don't understand what elk chronic wasting disease and German heritage has to do with being selected to be abducted by aliens. And how would they know that you're of German ancestry? That, that That is a very good question. Have you heard of the Sonora Aero Club and NIMSA? No. So the Sonora, the Sonora Aero Club was this weird... Um, it was this weird set of drawings that were discovered um, in Houston. And it was this book... Uh, by a guy named Charles Delshaw. Okay. Familiar with that at all? Uh Uh-uh. I think you'd find this really interesting. Um, Yeah, so it's Charles Delshaw. He was supposedly involved with the Sonoro Aero Club, and they were supposedly this breakaway civilization that had these flying ships back in the 1890s. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking way before any of the modern UFO phenomena. Um, they had these flying aero ships that um, were supposedly sighted all over Texas, Arizona, New Mexico. These ranchers would just see these ships flying through the air, and like some had interactions with them, some just had sightings. And uh, they're supposedly of Prussian German descent. Huh? Yeah. Um, so maybe that's in the West. Yeah. But how are they going to, how, how are the aliens going to know this unless they have some sort of invisible beam, some sort of Star Trek. Well, I mean, I guess it's, if you're talking about the technology that they would have to, to be able to travel from one galaxy to the other, you know, and then do all these kidnappings and and stuff i guess they would have some sort of body scanner that could i don't know yeah i mean mean, again all speculation but i also will point out that uh the underground aquifer the oglala aquifer oh yeah we didn't even touch on that yeah which i think is the last point they make is right next to wyoming Mm -hmm. and a lot all of the uh, abductions and missing persons that they talk about in this documentary, the UFO one, they all take place right outside, right on the edge, right on the yeah. edge of this aquifer. Yeah. And so the, another idea could be that these aren't necessarily 
uh, aliens from another planet or galaxy. They're aliens from the middle of the earth or underground and yep. or USOs. USOs. Yeah. yeah. He did mention that. So. And you know, something interesting is that, did you know that the earth's core has stopped spinning? I heard, yeah, I heard something about this. Yeah. So apparently it's cyclical. It happens oh. about every 70 years or mm. so it, it's spinning. And then about every 70 years it stops and it starts spinning in the other direction. Hmm. So, not that it has yeah. to do with anything about uh, people being abducted or anything yeah, like that, yeah. but you just mentioned underground, yeah, you know, civilization. civilizations and stuff. I thought that was, you know, thought I'd just bring that up just to blow your mind. For sure. But yeah, so he does touch on the USOs type deal, um, and he's thinking what that they're using the aquifer to travel. Yeah, travel under, people, I don't know. underground, and then you know they pop out, go back in. So. What it, like? Do you have any points you want to touch on that we didn't already touch on? Um, no, I think those. I think those were my points. And then obviously, I'm leaning towards something to do with the Sonora Arrow Club um, because I don't have it in front of me now. But I have listened to quite a bit about this. I'm gonna have to look into this. Yeah, you check into this. It's it is very weird. Very okay. weird, especially the old reports of the ranchers seeing these crafts, and especially look up these pictures by this Charles Delshaw guy. They're like, um, they're like steampunk-ish airships. So you know, like the Hindenburg, like yeah, it's along the vein of something to do with the Hindenburg, and the Hindenburg was German as well. So I'm just saying. You know, I'm thinking. You you you're bringing this up, and I'm thinking. I believe all the way back in season one mm. of this podcast, back before it was a podcast, <laughs> I I did a an episode on mystery airships from the 1800s. Mm, okay, and I don't remember anything that I found back then uh, mentioning the Sonoran Aero Club. Or, or anything like that. Uh, I think my, my episode was more on the sightings themselves yeah. and and what the people saw. and, and Because I remember uh, it's been 16 years. Well, it's been longer than 16 years ago, <laughs> but uh, it's, been a, it's been a minute. Yeah. Um, but I, re, I remember uh, that there were a certain set of people who interacted with these mystery airship pilots. Yes. And they were in craft that kind of was like the Hindenburg, which was kind of very steampunk, um, you know, helium balloon type, type deal. So maybe I did an episode about that and didn't realize it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's been around a while, so it wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. Maybe Mm. I have to revisit that. Yeah, yeah, I have to go back through the archives. It's it's a really interesting it's, topic. I haven't done I haven't up. done it on the world we live in, but have listened to um, quite a bit of stuff about it. I may have it on the. It's um. Archives. Let's see here. They say yeah. So they they say it originated in um in California, the Sonoro Aero Club. But uh, it's yeah, it's breakaway civilization ish. Obviously, advanced technology. Um, goes into. You can go down the rabbit hole of like black nowadays, like black projects and stuff like that. But 
I guess that's another angle as well. No, I don't have it on my archives on the website, yeah. but I haven't, you know, admittedly, I haven't updated my archives from the Life 365 <laughs> days in a while, but I think I have all of season one up and it's not in season one. It might've been in season two. Um, I have to look back through my stuff, but I did an, I did a thing on uh, mystery airships. Nice. So, yeah. So I'll have to go back and listen to that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll send you a link and you can listen to it. How yeah, bad it was. Man. My first couple topic. of seasons were horrible. It sucked. <laughs> it was horrible. I didn't know what I was doing. I, well, I literally. To be, f- to be fair, I don't think most of this tech that we're using was around back then either. No, no, definitely. I yeah. literally had. Um, well, I'm not, I can't pull it out and show it to you, but yeah. I still have one, not, not the original headset, but I had the uh, old. Uh, headset microphone yeah, thing, that came you know, across your mouth, yeah. and it, it, you literally plugged it into the audio jack of your computer. I mean, wow. that was, that was the technology that, yeah. that we had available to us at that point in time. <laughs> Man. And, uh, come a long way. We have come tremendous yeah. leaps and bounds from that. And, uh, I didn't know what I was doing either. So there's that, but yeah, those, those first couple of seasons sucked. But anyway, I digress. So all in all, what do you think about the the four one one UFO connection? Something weird is happening to people that go into the wilderness by them, by themselves. I think that's the key thing. Maybe not all of them, but there's it's either by yourselves or getting separated. That's that's usually when shit happens. Something's happening. Um, I mean, you even go back to. Um, the founding of the national parks. Um, who was who was the president? They talked about this at the Dogman Conference. Who was the yeah. president that had the Bigfoot encounter? Um, uh, uh, Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Uh, Teddy. Created, Teddy. Yeah, Teddy Roosevelt. Roosevelt. He created the national parks, mm-hmm. and the word is that he had a encounter with a Bigfoot. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, if you expound on that, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's something to it. Who knows? I, I think there's no doubt that something's happening to people in the woods. Like, people are going missing. But it's um, not just in the woods anywhere, though. No, and that's why I say Nash. That's why I bring up the Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Because it's national parks, national forests. Yeah. Like, it's not just if I were to walk in the woods behind your house, you know. It's specific locations. Yeah. Um, Vermont... New Hampshire has a triangle up there. New York has a big triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, Lake Mi- around the Great Lakes, there's yeah. another triangle. There's some in California. So, well, you know, it kind of makes you wonder if Roosevelt, who created the national park system, Teddy Roosevelt, by the way, if he created the national park system. And he had a encounter with a Sasquatch. Wonder, taking a stretch here, a la David Politis, taking <laughs> a, a huge stretch here. But what if he had an encounter with aliens and made some sort of a of an agreement with them? It was like, hey, we need people to repopulate our species or whatever. And if you let us take some of them, we won't, you know, blow your planet to smithereens. And he was like, well, I'm, I'll create this, these special areas out in the woods. And when people go out there, if they're out there and you need them, you can take them. Well, you know, eh, 
It's a stretch. Have you heard of the theory that Eisenhower did that yes. same thing? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I, that's where that's kind of where okay. I'm, I'm taking gotcha. Eisenhower's gotcha. thing and I'm putting it onto yeah. Teddy Roosevelt because he created the yeah. the national park system and he supposedly had this encounter with Bigfoot and all these disappearances that Politis is talking about takes place in the national park. So, you know, I'm taking a stretch. I, do, I know I'm I'm not going to go anywhere with this. I don't sure. think I don't think there's anything to it. <laughs> but you know, it's it's fun to think about. It is. You know. It is. Uh, so, would you recommend this documentary? Is it, uh, yeah, I love David Politis's work. I think I do um, too. I think even if you don't believe the stories, the fact that he's documenting these is uh, uh, incredibly important. Well, because you, what happens to a lot of these cases is they get put on the local police, and then they just get forgotten about. They forget they, forgotten about. The national park system doesn't do anything to look for these people outside of that seven day window, and then it's left to David Politis to document. Yep. Yep, the the National Park Service is only going to go so far, yep. and they do only what they're required to do. Exactly. They're not going to go above nope. and beyond because they work for the government, and trust me, as someone who works for the government, <laughs> I know that they're not going to go above and beyond. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so I mentioned this off the air, but when when, when I was watching it, I, I happened to take a lot of notes yeah, because yeah. I wanted to be able to – talk intelligently about the cases. So I'm going to go back and rewatch it mm. just for the enjoyment factor of it. Um, but I, I think it's good. It's very different than his first two documentaries. It's more polished. Uh, there's more. Um, He's got, yeah, they've definitely the cameras are better. better. Yeah. The, the, the camera work is better. Yeah. Uh, some of the. Um, scenes that he's where he's interviewing these people are. Um, for lack of a better word, they're staged. They're they're, you know, they're they're set up for interview. It's not him going in and talking to you while you're sitting on your couch. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, there was a couple of times in there when he was talking to someone that, to me, some of the stuff seemed maybe it was rehearsed, but that could have been just because they had already done four or five takes of the same thing. And we're trying to get something, you know viable to put on the air. I don't, I'm sure I don't know. Happens, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I think that all in all, uh, it was very decent. It was a good documentary. I think his other two are better in my opinion. Okay. Um, he's on this one to me, he's taking more of a stretch creatively and, uh, hypothetically with some of, of, of the things that he's proposing that's mm-hmm. happening. Um, but as I have said multiple times already on this podcast, he has painted himself into this corner, and he really right now doesn't have too far to go. You know, is he's he's been working on, okay, I'm headed towards this direction, but I'm not really saying it. To now he's saying it. So now he's going to have to expound upon that. So, you know, um, I'm sure he's going to have more documentaries because these things. Um, well, I mean, his books are like 400 pages long. Yeah, these things massive, aren't. Massive, massive books. These things aren't going away. No. They're no. continuing to happen. Yep. Uh, the, and so he's going to have more, you know, material. And like you said, his books are massive anyway. So he has he's, hasn't even touched a drop in the bucket compared to what has actually happened. He's just taken the most, according to him, most interesting cases. Um, 
you should not if you've never seen the first two documentaries shouldn't watch this you one. should not watch this one even even if you have missed one of the first two <laughs> you still should not watch this yeah. one you should watch missing 411 you should watch missing 411 the hunted and then you should watch this one i would i would even go one step further i would read all upon i would read a little bit 10 15 minutes about david politis before yes. you watch yes. missing 411 cuz i mean they they don't they go straight into it they yeah. don't it's simply his most interesting cases put into film yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So and if you need background, I would suggest doing that. That's a very good point. You really, yeah, you should probably read something about David Politis too. Because he, when he went into this, he was not going into this saying, I think there's something paranormal or alien happening here. He's like, hey, I am have been investigating some of these cases, and I have noticed that these things have, they have these things in common and they're in national parks and blah, blah, blah. And then he started really taking a deep dive into it. And the more he investigated and the more he started noticing the, all these commonalities between them, the more he started saying there's something going on here mm-hmm. that is not normal. Mm-hmm. And he flirted and flirted and flirted all <laughs> around saying that this is paranormal or alien until now, which like I said, he, he kind of pretty much, painted himself into that corner. I really wish that part of me wishes that he would would not have come out with this one specifically saying UFOs that it just would have been about something different. You, you know, the same the same thing but not have this UFO tag put on it. Yeah. But once again, he painted himself into this corner and I would say if you've seen the first two, I would say watch it. I, you know, we've given enough on this that I think uh, you know what to expect when to go into it, but we still haven't told you every little bitty thing about it. Sure. So you still, if you're, you're interested in stuff like this, and if you've seen the first two and haven't seen this one, go watch it. Right now, you can get it for nothing on Amazon. That's like 250 Yeah, it's, it's like, like very, very cheap on Amazon. Um, that's the only place I know of that, that you can get it. I, I mean, think it's exclusively on Amazon. Yeah, yeah pretty um, sure. And his other two, I know, uh, missing four one one. The hunted is available for free on YouTube. Mm. Um, the original documentary at one point was also for free on YouTube, but I think they've taken it down. Okay. But still, you can find it on Amazon. Yes, it's all they're on they're all on Amazon. And you really, if you haven't seen his work, you need to. If you haven't read any of his books, you need to. If you don't know anything about him, you need to find out about him. Um, this, like I said, was not my favorite of the three. This is my least favorite of the three. I am going to give it a second try and just mm-hmm. watch it without trying to take copious notes like I did and just try to watch it for the enjoyment factor yeah. of it. Um, and I, I, I'm really hoping that that very soon that he's going to put out something um, something else because we, we, we need more of this. This continues to happen, and the light needs to be shining on this this phenomenon brightly it doesn't yep. need to go away yeah and he seemed very intent on doing more yeah like he seemed very i thought the questions now it's been a while since i've seen the other ones but i thought the questions were more not necessarily intrusive but they were they were trying to get to the core questions or the core issues i thought yeah yeah 
Yeah, he was very. Uh, you could tell that he was seasoned. Yeah, going yeah, into yeah. this. Yeah, which he should be at this. Yeah, point. at yeah. this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's our breakdown of uh, missing four one one, the UFO connection. I hope that you certainly uh, certainly did get something out of it. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Reality. If you want to leave a comment about this episode or anything else about the podcast, there are several different ways you can go about doing that. First of all, you can email the show, Sandman at Parareality.com. That is the quickest and easiest way to get in touch with me, Sandman at Parareality.com. I've also got an official Parareality Podcast Facebook page, so you can find me on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com slash Sandman.Parareality or just do a search on, on a Facebook search for Parareality Podcast. You can post a message on my wall there or slide into my DMs like the young kids do. And, uh, you know, just uh, I, I post um, – I try to post a couple of posts a, uh, a day. Sometimes I'm better than others, but I try to post uh, pretty regularly on there. Um, so just reply to one of my posts, too, if you want to, or, or you know, just send me a DM or just post on my wall or whatever. Um, make sure you follow me, Parareality, on um, Parareality Podcast on uh, Facebook. Uh, also, if you've got Twitter or Instagram, you can follow me there. My username on both of those is at Radio. That's at Radio. So you can always slide into my DMs there or send me a, a tweet or, or whatever. Just don't get um, in any more Twitter wars. Oh, no, man. I addressed that last night. That dude's account suspended. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck that guy. Um so uh, let's see, where was I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so you can uh, send me a message there on Twitter or uh, Instagram at Parareal Radio. Uh, you can always call the podcast, too. Uh, I got a number going right down here to the secret bunker at 615-692-1170. That's 615-692-1170. You can leave me a message. Uh, it's about a three-minute time limit. So if uh, you leave me a message and you get cut off, you just call back and pick up where you left off. But I don't. I want you to remember this, that if you do, this is your warning. If you leave me a message, that's giving me permission to play your message back on the podcast. If you do not want that to happen, tell me somewhere in your message, hey, don't play this back. And don't be afraid to leave me your name or leave me a contact, an email, phone number, whatever, uh, because I do not play those back. I always edit those out. I may keep your first name. If you say, hey, this is Steve Smith, I may just keep, hey, this is Steve. But I will not give out complete names. I will not give out contact info. I won't, I won't play that back on the podcast. So you can feel feel secure that if you want to leave me your contact information, uh, you can on the, the uh, voicemail. And remember, if you don't want me to play it back on the podcast, you need to tell me somewhere in your voicemail. Uh, also, don't forget to visit the website, parareality.com. Man, that you can find all kind of interesting paranormal news from all around the world. I got an entire section of the uh, website. I forgot what I was saying. I got an entire section of my website devoted to paranormal news. It's called Paranews. You can click on that and read that content, and it's updated almost on a daily basis. You can watch some uh, videos that I got posted on there, and you can listen to the podcast archives. I got tons of audio on the website from some of the various incarnations of Parareality throughout the years, along with some of my other podcasts that I used to do, uh, Set It Off and Scared to Death. 
all that content's available for free on the archives section at parareality.com. So make it make sure that you uh, check it out. Speaking of parareality, parareality can be heard on your favorite podcast station. Just search for parareality or parareality podcast. If you got a smart speaker with any of those skills, you can find it there too. Just say, hey, play the parareality podcast. Got a YouTube channel. You can find me on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash users slash parareality1. That's the number one. Uh, take all of the audio from my podcast and uploaded, upload it to uh, my YouTube channel. People actually do listen to the podcast on YouTube. I've got videos, documentaries, paranormal UFO documentaries, and, and some chemtrail videos. Speaking of uh, Mr. Anti-Chemtrail Dude. We haven't done any chemtrail episodes. Uh, we're going to have to I now. Think we have to, yeah. yeah. just for that dude whose name I can't remember, whose account got suspended on Twitter because he's a dick. Anyway, I don't, I normally try to be nice, but screw him. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, uh, I'm, I'm available on any of our uh, podcast platforms. What about world we live in, Eric? I've already spent all the time plugging me. It's time for you to plug you. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, world we live in podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, World We Live In. Um, find us on Google Play, um, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify. And you can email me at worldwelivinpodcast at gmail.com. Let me make sure I have that right. World, yep, worldwelivinpodcast at gmail.com. And um, follow us on Twitter at World We Live Pod. That's World We Live Pod. World We Live Pod with co-host, co-host Aaron, the yes. gorgeous, sexy, <laughs> intelligent <Taken. Yeah. laughs> Aaron. He can't say that stuff because that's his sister, but I can. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> it's well, not creepy. It just be weird. It would be really. It would be more it's creepy than. Weird. It's more creepy than if you said it than me saying it. Yeah, this you is know. true. This is true. Yeah. Too bad she's not here, or I'd be like staring at her. It's like, yeah. <laughs> make her super uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We have too much fun when we, we get do, together. We dude. do. So those are all the ways that you can get in touch with uh, me, Sandman, here on Parareality, with uh, Coach Eric over there on World We Live Pod. And if you haven't heard World We Live In podcast, I do suggest that you check it out. Do you have a regular like time when you drop episodes or – because I, I know you got to coordinate yeah. schedules with Aaron and, and yeah, all Yeah, unfortunately we don't. But it, on average, it's probably about twice a month. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, if you hit that subscribe button, it'll download automatically. So. Yeah, hit the subscribe. Yeah. So yeah. you hit it automatically. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. So if you haven't checked out World We Live In podcast with Coach Eric and Aaron, please do so. Give my buddy some love. And yes, if, sir. You, if you're listening to this podcast, you'll like his podcast too. That's World We Live In podcast. All right, everybody, uh, that about does it for tonight. Um, let's see, when is the next episode going to drop? Uh, let me look at the old calendar here. I forgot to write it down. Uh, the 17th, yeah. We're going to drop the next episode of Pair Reality on Friday, February 17th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. So please make sure that you turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope that this podcast opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. Everyone have a wonderful weekend. 
a great evening, and I will see you again in a couple of weeks on the 17th. Good night, everybody. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.